0: Welcome to the Nasred Podcast, or Nasred Talks About Movies, a place where movies are discussed. On today's show, we talk to Rick Darge, who recently had the European premiere at the Raindance Film Festival of his film Zendog. Rick came by to talk about the experience of unveiling his four-year labor of love. Now, if you are new to the podcast or have heard a few but haven't heard episode 5, I recommend going back and listening to episode 5 because Rick first came onto the podcast on that episode and Zendog was done and wrapped, yet Rick was unscathed certain of its future. Also, the podcast was in its infancy and I was still getting the hang of it and I did not think to ask Rick to show me the film before we recorded. So, it's a great talk, but it was interesting because Rick was absolutely unsure of what was going to happen to Zendog and I had not yet seen it, so I couldn't say anything specific or ask anything specific about the film other than what I knew, which was still a good amount because Rick is one of my closest friends and he lets me in on a lot when he's doing stuff. Now, with this talk, two things are different. One, Rick had gone from not knowing what was going to happen with Zendog to having premiered it at the Raindance Film Festival in London. Also, prior to this talk, I had been lucky enough to be able to see Zendog and friends divorcing my friendship from Rick momentarily. I can tell you it is a thing of beauty. It's a complete trip. It's a beautiful film. I really was blown away by it. I really think, I assume whoever is listening aspires to make films or art on some level or they just have an appreciation for that type of thing but i really think especially if you've heard episode five that hearing about rick's journey is truly inspiring i mean it really inspired me and i really hope it inspires you to go on your journey and create something beautiful and play with the universe so without further ado my third eye opening talk with rick moonbeam Darge.
1: Rick. Yeah. Are we recording? Yes. Oh wow. Okay, listen. Jump, r- jump just I just I, got here.
0: I, I um I have to admit this, okay. Okay. When I watch a movie, it's one of the few times I can be completely emotionally unguarded. So mm-hmm. if there's a part that moves me, I tear up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, rarely, a movie will be so good and I'm this is total fallacious, but I'm you know, I'm just going for it. <laughs> that I tear up, that I... Like, it's usually a combination of image and music, and it just gets me. Mm -hmm. The part that this occurred, and I was kind of amazed and kind of, like, thankful to the universe that, A, it's my friend that made this film, Zendog, was... It was... And I... The movie is very Mm drug-trippy. Like, the movie does envelope you in the experience. Like, it's not... Like, uh, something that you could sum up easily in terms of... Like, you can sum it up easily. Yeah. But it, the part that really I was just kind of, like, like trembly-lipped was he finds the car, I believe. Because yeah. I'm one day removed from it, and yeah. I only saw it once. But he finds the car, and then there's just this montage with the music. And mm-hmm. do you know which part I'm talking about? Yeah, it's about?
1: After, it was after he wakes up in the back of the car, and then he gets back in. Yeah. And, yeah, and... Yeah.
0: And I teared up. Because oh. I was like, "Oh wow, this is." It, it was just the, and then the other thing is, okay, <laughs> this is. Okay. We
1: should tell you are one of the very few that have seen the movie. I sent. Oh you, really? You, you asked. Me I'm for so a proud. Of, I'm yeah. You said, Rick, I need to see the movie before you come back in on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. And you saw and, it, and I saw it. I, I saw know. it
0: last night on my Google Chromecast <laughs> on the TV, <laughs> nice. the big screen. It's a beautiful film. Thanks. It and the thing that I was fascinated with was a. I don't know, when you watch a movie from someone that you know, and this doesn't happen to me all the time, but, like, if it's really good, you can separate the person from it. Mm -hmm. And then even the part where you were in it, I wasn't, like, thrown out of the movie. Again, it's a very enveloping experience. Like cool. you, You get into it. And one thing that I wanted to say was, okay... And hopefully, if you're listening to this, listen to the first podcast first, and then listen to this. Yeah, because
1: I came on this podcast, what was it, like four weeks ago? Yeah,
0: it was, It was. I think, more than that. Yeah. It was, Um, I, this is like episode 16, and that oh, was damn. like episode 5. Okay, yeah. So, so, it was a while ago. 11 episodes and, ago. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is...
1: At that time, you were very, very uncertain. I didn't know where it was, where we... I didn't even know where we were going to play it. Yeah. I didn't know
0: what was going on. And then since then, what has happened?
1: Magic. Yeah. Magic has happened. You know, it's funny because after I I listened to the podcast that you did with me, just like the first like 30 minutes, I couldn't stand the sound of my voice. Yeah. I'm (laughs) Um, the same way with my voice. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But um, I was like, I really want to go back on Nas's podcast with some news. Yeah. And it wasn't long after so we've been submitting to a lot of festivals mm-hmm. we started submitting um around mid-may end of may right. and uh you know we've been rejected not from a lot but a handful of american smaller festivals mm-hmm, not the big mm-hmm. ones um the middle ones but you know we there was a chance we were going to get into telluride and then that didn't happen on no. toronto and that didn't happen and So, I've been going on this trip of, like, why isn't it going somewhere? What is going on? Like, is it bad? I don't know. What's up? Like, and then all of a sudden um, around, what was it? It was the end of August. It was on a Sunday. I get a phone call um I don't pick up cuz it says blocked ID and mm-hmm. I, I think it's my ex-girlfriend <laughs> cuz she called me the week before yeah. and I was like I don't want her to trick me again. Yeah. So uh it was a voicemail from this guy named Elliot Grove who is the founder of rain dance mm-hmm. Film Festival, rain dance. They are going into their 25th year. They began in London. Uh it's kind of like the Sundance right. of Europe basically. Right. Um so he called, and he said, look, uh, we've been trying to get a hold of you, and we would love Zendog to play our festival, but you need to tell us within three hours if you like are cool with that. Holy we need shit. to know. So I like get up, and I start dancing around the, <laughs> my apartment, and um, I email them right right away, because yeah. I didn't know what number to call, and told them I'm in, to 100%. And from that point on, it's been life has been very different, because um, wow. now all of a sudden, I had something to get behind. So, we were excited. Um, pretty much at half the films that were playing, they played 110 feature films. Half Jeez. of them were... Um, they only got one screening. Yeah. The other half got two screenings. So, at first, we only had one screening. And right. I was a little bummed out. But I was, like, excited that we were getting to go there. Yeah. And we immediately said, we're going to go for the full 12 days. Even though our we were premiering four days into the festival. I'm like, I still want to go and meet other filmmakers. right. right. So, um, I ask them about a week before i was like uh we want to know are we going to get a second screening and they were like yeah we have a provisional second screening Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. uh, a week after your premiere do you want it and i said yeah and i thought that was weird that was like the first weird sign of like that that doesn't happen like Mm -hmm. usually (laughs) their schedule is locked um so we flew to london we got in on the 21st of september who's we uh me it was myself um, my editor, Richard Gonzalez. Uh, my DP, who's also my co-producer, Richie, Richie Trimble. Uh. And uh, so and then um, Richard's brother-in-law, this guy named Pradeep. Um, cool guy. So we all came out. Richard's aunt and uncle had a two-bedroom apartment, 10-minute mm-hmm. um, walking distance from the festival. Mm-hmm. And the festival's in Piccadilly Circus of London. Oh, and wow. if your listeners aren't familiar, this is like... Times Square. Right. I mean, in terms of like activity, people walking around, you couldn't have gotten into a cooler part. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, there's some serendipity going on here. Yeah. Like, we're staying in the heart. We don't have to pay for rent. Uh-huh. Um, you know, thank Richard's aunt and uncle. They were amazing that they let us stay there. They weren't even there. We got the whole place to oh, ourselves. That's crazy. So um, we flew in, and I remember as we were flying in, Richie was like, because every film festival, they take. 10 films usually and they put them in competition. Mm-hmm. So when you're in competition you're up for best uh narrative feature film, you're up for best UK film, best short film, best director, best actor, best actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were not in competition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of a, you know, I I was just grateful to be there. But Richie, I remember he was thinking like oh, I just wish we could get an award. Like it'd be so yeah. nice to get an award. And I remember going like, they're just going to make us an award. Like it's just going to happen. Just every day, let's be present. Let's meet people. Let's see as many films as we can. Let's go to as many events. Let's just yeah. Let's just like soak it all up. That was the intent, and everybody agreed. So we uh, we hit the ground running. Just I remember one time we watched like ten hours of feature films one day. Just like, and there was like halfway through the festival, one of the staffers was like, "Wow." you and your team really love movies. I'm like, yeah, we're filmmakers. That's <laughs> yeah, why we're yeah, here. Like, I'm like, other directors don't do this? Or like, you'd be surprised how many people just come and show their movie and they don't come back. Huh. And I thought that was kind of like, that's a little selfish yeah, yeah. Or weird. So anyway, we um, we did the premiere, uh, which was on the 25th of, it was a Sunday. Um, my mom flew in from Rome. She's mm-hmm. living there now. Our, two of our executive producers flew in. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought guests. Uh, I had an associate producer fly in an old intern flew in like it was the crew yeah, was there the actors yeah. weren't there uh, for the first screening which you know they were whatever it doesn't matter they weren't there yeah. um and uh you know i'm I'm nervous this is the first time i'm showing my movie to someone that is not within our circle To like a third party yeah yeah, yeah. and lo- and i was watching how london audiences were uh-huh. you know at every feature and yeah. i noticed that you know they're a little rough like i would see like two to three people walk out of the theater and every film like we oh, get up and this isn't for me and i i'm you know yeah. filled with anxiety so i'm watching to see if they come back in and just being aware of that yeah. so i knew and i heard from other people londoners are they're a little rough they're like new yorkers you mm-hmm. know so premiere goes we pack the house it's like sold out yeah. there's people on the steps we've been hyping the movie for four days we've been putting out business cards postcards just telling everyone about it just trying to like build excitement And uh, it worked, so we were there and the, the founder Elliot Grove who's this amazing dude he looks like Andy Warhol uh-huh. really eccentric founder uh, of the festival the, festival, the right. guy that called uh-huh. me originally uh, he doesn't do Q- they do a and a with directors after every you know premiere screening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's usually like a festival staff member which was great but he wanted to do our Q&A oh, wow. he was so excited like just really excited <laughs> yeah. about, this is a very closed off guy so I was like okay that says something like this guy's like really into this movie yeah. and, he's into, and he, he sat and he watched the whole thing I'm sitting in the back row and I'm just kind of like biting my nails yeah. and I'm like just feeling the audience and wondering if it's working and like, and nobody left. No one got up. No one used the bathroom. Everyone just uh, yeah. was glued to the screen. Right when the credits hit, like five people in the back did a standing ovation. I'm like... <laughs> everyone like clapped and then they clapped again at the end and uh we just had a really awesome q a that yeah, went yeah. down we're putting together like a little behind the scenes video yeah. about the whole experience cuz nice. we were recording it so we'll throw it up for people soon i can give you a link but nice. um it was just this really warm reception and people started coming up to me and telling me how much it affected them and and moved them and uh i know i've been rambling a lot no now. no no go ahead um so that was a great screening right. it felt really good mm-hmm. so then we had the full week to kind of absorb london and see other films now as i'm going through this week i'm noticing that there's buzz going on about the film uh-huh. people are talking about it other staff members are talking about it everyone's like excited about it And i'm yeah. just noticing this excitement is increasing yeah. and as we're building up to our second screening which is a morning screening and it's on a saturday and um so a couple days before the second screening i go up to go get movie passes for one of the random features mm-hmm. and one of the staffers is like oh rick are you and your team are you staying to the very end and we're like yeah they're like well you should come to the awards ceremony and in my mind i was like why would we be going to the awards ceremony yeah. we're not up for anything and i was just very nice i'm like yeah, okay great yeah we'll be there the next day i get an email uh it's an invitation to the awards ceremony and mm-hmm. it's like from 12 to 2 p.m on a friday i was supposed to get a tattoo at that time and i'm like i don't want to go to the awards <laughs> ceremony i'm gonna go get this tattoo like yeah. we're not supposed to even be there we're not in competition yeah. So, the night before this Friday awards ceremony, I go and watch this guy's feature film, and at the end of it, I go down to shake his hand and say, great movie and everything, mm-hmm. and the founder, Elliot, is there, and he goes, oh, Rick, are you going to be there tomorrow at the awards? And I knew at that moment, I'm like, oh, something's going on.
0: Like, yeah. There's
1: something going yeah. on. So, we all had this feeling. So, we show up to the award ceremony the next day, and... um They're rattling off awards. You know, everyone's getting their best of, whatever. And then the final award of the night, they were... um, And we're very nervous. We're like, what is happening? Why are we here? Did they just bring us here to make us And it's you and the
0: whole team in the... Yeah, it's like
1: me, the executive producers, and the mom, and everybody left. But um, it's the core people that came. Mm -hmm. So we're standing in the back, and... um, He's like, this last award is our top award of the night, and this award ac- like uh embodies the whole festival, the spirit of rain dance, the spirit of independent cinema. And it's a magical carpet ride about a man who goes across con- and immediately I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And they threw up the title Zendog, and uh I just like ooh, I I was not there. I was like, out like of, you were beside yourself. I was like out of body. Yeah. And yeah. uh we get up, and it was a surprise for us, and it was a surprise for the audience, the people that knew us. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Sorry, my damn dog. She ruins every podcast. Zen dog. She's not She's a Zen dog. Her. Dude, your dog's like got this old lady. Every poodle looks like an old woman, like yeah, an old yeah. lady, like they a have, grandma. They're yeah. like, man, you want some candy? Yeah. Like, they have that like, bizarre maternal <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. You were going. No, no, me. no. So um, we get up there. We accept this uh, amazing award, and... um and then right after the award they introduced me to this guy named damon wise who works for variety mm-hmm. and uh he did this interview with yeah, yeah, me it I was read. like a 15 yeah. minute interview and i was like just i was flying so high i yeah, was just yeah. like <laughs> <"It> couldn't <laughs> have gone any better and so i was able to speak from the heart and tell him like these honest answers yeah, yeah, about yeah. my feelings of the film and the feelings of the festival And, uh, later that night I got this tattoo. It's an image from the film on the back of, um, our protagonist's jacket. It's like a, it's like an all seeing eye, but Mm -hmm. it's very colorful and psychedelic and it's made out of fabric and, um, the, we had a great uh, designer named Sarah Harris worked with uh, Didi Dee Dee and mm-hmm. the costume designer and they both like collaborated on this really amazing jacket which right. took influences from like Easy Rider and mixed it with the psychedelia yeah. so uh, as we were landing in London Richie the producer was like we should get tattoos to solidify <laughs> this forever and yeah. I'm like I don't have any tattoos on my body yeah. but if I'm going to get a tattoo it's going to be the back of the image of the jacket so yeah. later that night after we won the award I got this tattoo it took three hours to uh to burn into my skin and i've got zendog on me forever (laughs) the next morning was our second screening and i noticed that it would be between five to ten people for the first showings of every film that played throughout the 12 days Mm -hmm. nobody in london wants to wake up early yeah um we had the theater three quarter packed and we were in the largest theater people were like lining up outside to see the film because they knew it was their last chance to see it in london Uh, the founder once again came out introduced it did did another q a with me that was way more relaxed Both of our Q and A's were supposed to go 10 minutes. They both went 30 (laughs) and to the point where like people were kicking us out. Yeah. Um, And I also like he watched the movie like twice. He sat through the whole thing. I don't know. This guy's amazing. Like, and he, he and his wife, uh, they, they changed my life. I mean, they, they opened their arms. They brought us in. They, um, they absolutely loved the film. And then what was it like the next day after the second screening, um or actually it was the day of the second screening the variety article came out mm-hmm. and it was just this you know awesome article yeah, yeah, all yeah. about Zendog and in my interview with them and, uh, yeah, that article and the success of the movie has really given us a lot of momentum yeah. since we've been back. And yeah, yeah. It's been good. We've been getting invited to other festivals. Um, we're having to turn down a few of them just because we're trying to, like, land a really solid North American premiere. Yeah. Hopefully at Sundance or yeah. Slam Dance yeah. or South by Southwest. So, mm-hmm. we don't know. It's up in the air. Yeah. But... This is helping. It's definitely, you know, helping frame It's been, like, film. this
0: tremendous boost. It has
1: been a boost, yeah. There's been a lot of interesting changes and things happening, like, just yeah. in my life of going through this. Yeah, so, yeah. But it, well,
0: What's... Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's no, about it. What's yeah. crazy is, like, I've seen you... How long has it been since you started Zendog?
1: You know, it's funny. I started it in September of uh, 2012. So, it's been four, four years. Four years, yeah. And, and yeah, last night,
0: watching the film, I was like, any ounce of sweat that Rick may have uh, sweat while making this any drip of blood that he bled while making this was completely worth it yeah like he, that's cool to hear. You, you brought something amazing There's into the There's a lot universe. of blood. Yeah, I mean I can imagine. I mean I remember when you came back and we went to have pizza with George Ross and your beard was like
1: oh yeah this big and, I wouldn't and, let my beard I wouldn't cut my beard yeah. until we were done with production. Yeah.
0: And you said you slept for 2 weeks when you got back. Yeah.
1: You know what's funny is that so the movie, you know, it changed. Um it was a very traditional road trip story. Mm-hmm. We talked about it on the yeah, last yeah, podcast. Yeah. Um And there was a shift, and the shift came from the process. I remember when I came back, I slept for like two weeks, Mm -hmm. and I was having these very vivid dreams, and I was feeling like a different person. And a lot of the idea, that was like the seed of changing the script and going into a different direction. That's where it came from? Yeah, it came from like this cocooning of being home. And that's why I knew that we had to make this movie on the road under these really stressful conditions Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. order for it to inform what it was going to become. Right, right, right. Like, right. if we shot it in a traditional way, it wouldn't have yeah, been yeah, what yeah. it was. Yeah. It's very specific to that time and that moment mm-hmm. and just saying, going with the flow. Well, really.
0: what's funny is, in watching it, and then, because at the beginning, by the way, I love the soundtrack and everything, oh, Yeah, like it was really no, that's, good, with yeah. the jazzy kind of, at William, the beginning. William, he did it all. This really? guy
1: named William Ryan Fritch. Wow. Uh, you should look him up. Your yeah, yeah. listeners should go on yeah. Spotify, look him up. William It Ryan was really good. And each Amazing guy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It gave, like the beginning this poppiness yeah kind of you know it was its own character yeah
1: i told him like the music has to bridge both of these worlds and also just it's got to be the glue the tether that kind of ties us in and
0: it totally complements the cousin character yeah yeah you know like it's great by the way by the way there was no bad acting in for a 30 grand movie you know what i mean (laughs) like usually you watch something like that and you're like oh you know like (laughs) but it was all great um there was one thing that I wanted to ask you. Well, yeah, yeah. One thing that I wanted to say, and then I'll ask you this. Yeah. When I was watching it, I was like... And then it sort of gets to the road trip part. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, shit, this works. Yeah. Because... That's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it works on, like, a double level. Because right. if you know how you shot it and what your intention was at the beginning, yeah. it's like, oh, that's interesting. Then you see
1: it, yeah. And then
0: you see it in the context of a dream. It yeah. completely works. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you, that mantis
1: yes yeah. was that
0: that was just an accident right we were
1: like, um we were outside we were in iowa we were about four hours um west of dubuque is where we were landing mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. next three days and we always would pull over and film like the ad this amazing guy named Goran Stankovic. he's mm-hmm. a the Serbian, like hard nose, like I love him. Like yeah. I'd work with him in a heartbeat. I remember him from the update. Yeah, he yeah, he he's just like very a character. Yeah, he was very like, uh, just you know, he's an ad. He's on the. He wants us to stay focused, but him and I would always have this like dynamic, and I would be like, "No, nah, we're pulling over. Like we're gonna go and see what happens." We saw these cornfields. And uh, I'm like, we could film some montage moment of them mm-hmm. running through the fields. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. So when we pulled over and uh, every stop we'd go to, it'd be at least two hours. We'd be stuck. And we were walking. We met these two locals came out and they were drinking beer. Their names were Larry and Gary. <laughs> and we put them in the movie. We cut that scene. Yeah. And uh, they're like, what y'all doing? And we we're like, oh, you want to be in this movie? Yeah, and they're like, yeah. oh, hey, we don't act. <laughs> and we're walking back to their place. And we noticed this, uh, this mantis. Uh, There's a praying mantis. There was a dead rabbit and that got ran over by a car and the mantis was just sitting there catching flies Uh Uh the mantis was catching these you know these flies Mm -hmm. and eating and uh we're like let's film this little moment with the mantis on a macro lens so we, fil- we did that then we filmed with Larry and Gary and then when we came back the mantis had been run over it was like this really? weird circle of oh, wow. life thing that yeah. happened it was... by the
0: way uh, one of my favorite scenes was with Devin Finch oh yeah I thought that was really yeah, good and Reno, yeah in Reno Devin's that's my favorite scene yeah I love that but whole thing it was really funny yeah. and then the thing is again it works as a dream yeah like you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and then the other thing that I wanted to say and without I don't want to sound lecherous or pervy when I say this no. but like when you first see Celia. Yeah. You fall in love with her. Yeah, she's the way she's face. photographed yeah. and what she's doing, yelling at the guy, it yeah. creates this like emotion in you. Yeah, and then when she's just walking and the main character is like you know talking to her and stuff, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. By the way, I was, uh, and again, I don't want to sound like lecherous or perverted no, no, or anything, no. but I was surprised that you had like nudity in it. Oh, because well, I, yeah. I didn't remember that from the script or anything. Yeah, there was yeah. a
1: little bit. I, we wanted to show a moment where they were in love. But, I mean, it was real. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it,
0: it was beautiful. It, it was.
1: was. It was cool that she forgot. It was funny. She came up from Paris um for the second screening mm-hmm. she almost didn't get there and she got there the morning of and uh, that was her first time seeing the movie yeah. our actress um you know lead actress Celia Diane who plays Maya and, uh, she kept leaning over to me throughout the whole movie because she doesn't come in until about halfway through and she's yeah. leaning over going like, I, I love this. It's like amazing. Yeah, yeah, I was so happy. Yeah. She was happy. And she forgot the worst nudity yeah. as well. She's like, I just, I saw it, <laughs> <laughs> but it was done well. Yeah. Like, how how do you tasteful. handle that as a director?
0: You know what I mean? Like, like, how do you, how are you sensitive about?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, we never really discussed it before we started shooting. Um, and, uh, I think that was you. That was me. You so. clinged. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but I remember in the moment as we, you know, we did a kissing scene with them, uh, Kyle and her, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're falling in love in a way right, in, this, right. in this movie. And so we have to show some kind of physical intimacy. And I asked her if she'd be comfortable with, uh, showing nudity. And mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do, you know, the top is fine. Yeah. I don't want to do, bottom. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 just like, you know, just something where you guys are on the bed. We were filming in that scene that you saw, um, that was Al Capone's old, hotel he would come and get this one room in dubuque iowa where he would just like you know hide from the cops and make his deals Uh uh and it's called the al capone suite so Uh we were filming in that actual suite we got it for free dubuque was amazing They yeah, hooked yeah. us up with everything yeah. so yeah it was just like approaching her seeing if she was comfortable and then just having a close set so everybody left and it was just and everybody was yeah cool, it like... was just me and richie the dp yeah. and then the two actors and yeah. we just kind of shot this yeah tournament.
0: i mean usually with nudity you in a movie like you see it and you're like oh that didn't need to be there but yeah. this one it did yeah. like she is literally a dream girl yeah you know yeah, what i mean she's... and then the thing that i really liked about it was that it transcended manic pixie yeah. chick, yeah, where it good. was like, no, this is a chick out of a dream, yeah. and you know, yeah, it, it's yeah. it's crazy. Like
1: uh, she's like there to yeah, you know, without giving too much away. Yeah, mean, yeah, she's like the catalyst for him within this space. Like, yeah, I yeah. feel like she's like his inner self in a way. I mean, we kind of point. Uh, anyone can interpret it the way they want, but yeah, there's yeah. other levels there. Of, yeah, like, well, who it's she a is.
0: very kaleidoscopic. Yeah, film. cool. That's yeah, awesome that, it was it. it was really good. Yeah. Like I. I I wasn't watching it like, oh, you know, like I was like, oh, you know, like it, it, again, it envelopes you in the experience. And I think a huge part of that is the Alan Watts stuff. I don't see how somebody could watch this not knowing about Alan Watts and not kind of being a little changed
1: by or, the experience or ideally they're going to watch it don't know who he is yeah. and then go like who is that voice yeah, yeah i yeah. have to hear more yeah and that was always kind of the interest of his son the executive producer mark watts was this is going to be able to like turn more people on to his yeah, yeah well
0: it does its job yeah. i mean the thing is like when you first started zendog i didn't know who alan watts was yeah. maybe i heard the voice but I, I never knew who he was and then as you went on a i noticed that Certain people, like on the internet, would like take his, you know, yeah. voice and cut together something.
1: There's a lot of that right yeah, now. Yeah. A lot of short films with montage style with yeah. his voice. And, and
0: I, uh, in my head, I was like, this is one of those things that, as I go through my life, I'm eventually going to like pick a a, a YouTube video of that yeah. and, while I'm sewing and yeah, and listen to it. And yeah. then this morning.
1: You did it. That's what I did. <laughs> like
0: it was his whole thing about love. Yeah. And, you know, it, it it really is like I don't know, like before you came here, I was looking at Facebook and then somehow I managed to get on TMZ for yeah. some stupid reason. And then I'm thinking, like, oh, this is such bullshit. And like Zendog is like something that I don't know, it feeds good art mm-hmm. should feed your soul a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? And it is one of those things I don't know, again, it enveloped me. That's and cool. I was sitting like maybe this far away yeah. from the TV screen. It's crazy. Like I can't it, it, wait for
1: you to see it in the theater. Oh, man. Because it's like... I remember Elliot was telling me, the, the founder of Rain Dance, he was like... Uh you know I I first saw this on my laptop because they passed it they send all the movies around they pass them around and mm-hmm. he goes when it, the screener came in I watched it and he goes it's a completely different experience in the theater yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. it's designed for the theater I, I like, bet. yeah like it's um, that's why we need a theatrical release coming. yeah so <laughs> when are
0: you gonna show it in uh, LA
1: um we're trying to figure that out we're just kind of being strategic right now in terms of timing uh Hollywood you know kind of slows down a bit yeah you know at this point like mm-hmm. once we go in November November December a little bit dead mm-hmm. because you got AFM the big american film market going on a lot of people are dealing with that then you got thanksgiving and then you yeah, know, yeah hanukkah and christmas mm-hmm. and all these things so i kwanzaa. think yeah, kwanzaa yeah kwanzaa all the religions like <laughs> yeah. seem to celebrate the death of the year yeah so. yeah We'll probably begin our new year and i'm thinking the first week maybe yeah. the second week do it out yeah. the gate that yeah. way we can invite the right people we want to make sure like mm-hmm. you know all of our guests and family and friends and kickstarter backers are there but we also want to invite industry people out that right. can help ultimately get this film sold yeah. so
0: and kyle was
1: fucking great. kyle's amazing He's great yeah he really grounds it yeah like i feel like kyle and my editor they both grounded these far out ideas yeah, yeah. yeah because like uh you know it's, they're very i think with the the wrong actor like it wouldn't have worked i think kyle was perfect you know and uh there's just something about his face and his sensibility where you know because it's a druggy, yeah. trippy yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you need someone that kind of grounds the audience yeah, in a way yeah
0: well you need a surrogate for yeah. the audience yeah yeah and he does have the perfect face for you to project yourself yes, onto him. Yeah. So it's like when he... And by the way, the shots of tea... It makes you want to drink
1: tea. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And
0: by the way, what is that device that he... I've never seen oh, that Oh, that's before. cool. Yeah, you can what? get
1: that on Amazon. Oh, really? <laughs> I gotta get that. That's really cool. It's like, a, it's like... I forget what it's called. It's the coolest thing. You put the tea leaves in so your viewers know what this yeah, is. Yeah, it's yeah. like a plastic vessel. And you put your tea leaves in the top and then you put your hot water and then you take it and it steams and then you put that on top of your cup and it releases like a plunger system and it causes the tea yeah, to come yeah, out. Yeah, but yeah. the leaves don't come out, it strains through. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was like good movies, like say you watch like, I don't know, Pulp Fiction, you kinda want a burger or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. This one makes you want to drink tea. tea. Yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> um uh so when you made the shift, yeah. Because I don't know, I, I think a lot of creative people would think that's insane, which for yeah. context. I've
1: had people tell me, like, and now that it's out and it's like was received well (laughs) like one of my close friends was like yeah when you told me you were doing that i'm like oh that's not a good sign he's shooting himself in the foot (laughs) you're shooting your whole movie in the foot yeah no
0: i mean i remember you asked me i mean you i know you asked a bunch of people but my opinion was yeah fuck yeah do it you know like because like i don't know like it would add so much to it and to the footage that you have it i notice your aesthetic is very rainbow
1: yeah you know what i mean
0: like there's lots of colors going on one of my favorite shots was in a hotel room in Vegas, I believe. Yes. And then outside there's all those, the lights. All those lights. I know, oh yeah. my god.
1: We had an amazing colorist. He was like a magician. He works at Photocam in Burbank and uh-huh. his name's Alistair Arnold. He's done a bunch of amazing work, other feature films, and that whole company like took on this movie for next to nothing. They believed in us. They knew we didn't have a big budget. They have this new independent platform. If they like your movie, they'll do it for less than the big ones. Mm -hmm. The caveat being it takes more time to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But him and I came up with this whole idea that the color would have its own story. And if you go back and look at it, things are very muted at the beginning. And then yeah. in the real world, and the dream world is always colorful and kaleidoscope. Vibrant. And- yeah, and then those colors start to infect the real world. Uh-huh. So as we go forward, it becomes more normalized. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and so that was always an idea of like pushing it. it. He told me it was the funnest movie he's ever worked on oh, yeah. because he was able to experiment and play. And we had a really mm. good time of like...
0: When you made the shift, those scenes in the real world, when did you shoot those? What were the circumstances? And So
1: basically, yeah, we had, you know, I always knew we were going to do this road stuff. And mm-hmm. that was going to be the whole month of October, which is was three years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had this other portion. There was a whole other character. His name was Guy. And um, he was like a drifter, like a dark soul. That, oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember from the script. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So
1: Guy had this dark sensibility and he basically latches on to kyle's character and he's kind of the dramatic thrust later in the three mm-hmm, you know the third mm-hmm. act and um he like died in the script there was this whole thing that yeah. went down wow the original script is so it's different so different it's a, from it, yeah it's, like it's crazy <laughs> I, I read one of the
0: drafts <laughs> yeah. of like when he was mud takashi yeah there was so like, yeah. different
1: it's so funny you know what's funny is the initial seed of the idea is very much what the movie is now the initial yeah. spark when i first wrote it right. i convoluted it and made it complex and i realized now you don't need to do that just go with your instincts but everything happens for the right reason so anyway this character guy i wanted jack black to play him Mm -hmm. i I needed in order for the character to work and for the audience to um jump on board he he had to be a familiar face Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i thought jack could do it because and you've worked i worked with jack before and um he just the schedule didn't work and the amount of money the little money that we had Mm -hmm, mm he just he couldn't do it it would have been too difficult so he didn't work um and i really didn't have a backup plan and a lot of the locations we were basically good at this was going to be the one moment in the film where we were going to simulate nevada we were going to go film it in lancaster Mm -hmm. and film all this little stuff that we didn't get on the road Mm -hmm, you mm know So, none of that stuff was working. Like, nothing. Nothing was working out. Like, absolutely zero. And that's why I went to sleep. And I got back from the road and I just slept for two weeks. Because I knew we weren't going to do it in Thanksgiving or Christmas. So, I knew it was going to happen in January. And there was a moment around November where I started going through dailies. And I started watching scenes and I started seeing like what we got in these moments. And it just kept screaming out like this is, these are dream moments that you have. Right. They're very, and I've always been fascinated with dreams. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like the idea of dreams happened when I looked at it. I have always wanted to make a movie that dealt with the idea of someone going back to a continued narrative in their Mm -hmm. dream world. Mm -hmm. We've all experienced it. You meet a pretty girl, you go to a cool place, you wake up and you're like, I want to go back there. Yeah. So I always wanted to create a, a story where a character can go back into that. Mm-hmm. And I knew I needed a device. Back when I came up with the idea in my 20s, it was going to be a pill. And the original idea was someone that goes to prison and they're lucid dreaming in prison uh-huh. a whole other life. Yeah. Um, so replace prison with a guy that has nothing going on with him. And that's where we wound up with this new kind of paradigm shift with the mm-hmm. movie. But for me, it was definitely what it was was i kind of got into a a quiet place i remember i noticed that there were very dreamlike qualities of things that we got out there Mm -hmm, in november mm -hmm. um i stepped away from it like i stopped thinking about the movie to the point that i felt it kind of detached from me Uh it got a little scary i was like is this gonna get done i can't abandon this thing uh, but i don't feel there's something not right with it i don't want to shoot this additional material with guy and all this other stuff yeah so I remember it was sometime after the beginning of the year, people were asking, like, when are you going to film the rest of it? You got a week left of Kyle on contract. Yeah. You got to film it. And uh, I remember I went to the office one night. I smoked a little bit of weed. You know? <laughs> so I loosened up my brain yeah. and I'm looking at the dailies again. And then all of a sudden it was like a voice or some feeling within that was like, remember that idea of the lucid dreaming yeah. concept? Apply it to this. I had this feeling of like, what if someone had a gun to my head and said, you cannot film all the stuff that you thought you were going to film? How do you make this movie work? Like, what what do you fill in the gaps with? And then this, this idea that I've always had just like appeared and it scared me at first because I knew how right it was. But then yeah. I was like, holy shit, that's like rolling the dice, you know, yeah. like. Everyone expected this. We told all these people it was about a guy who flips you a took coin. Kickstarter people. We did, a, we <laughs> did all <these> Kickstarter people. a <laughs> coin and like all this other stuff. But then I had to like ditch that mindset and just like listen to my voice. And I remember I called Kyle. I'm like, "What do you think if we do this?" He goes, "I'm down." And yeah. then I called other people. And, "What do you think?" "I'm down. I'm down. I'm down." I'm, everyone was starting to say like, "That's great." And then for me, the idea of this lucid dreaming narrative was the movies always come from me, mm-hmm, right? It's mm-hmm. always been me. Yeah. But there was something about when I did a lot of revisions in the script process, where it started to become something that wasn't me, mm-hmm. and that was this idea of suicide and other things. Um, and it was funny on the road; I kept stripping away this idea of the coin. I kept stripping away this idea of suicide. Right. We would do lines, and I'd be like, "Like, don't do that. Do this instead." And Kyle was getting concerned. He was like, "Well, that's your that's your script. Right. Like, you're ditching all this stuff." I'm like, "Dude, don't ask. Like, I just like, go with like what feels yeah. right." and um making this decision to change the framework was part of that so um we figured out Kyle's schedule and it was like the first week of march um, I wrote new material based on what we had. I figured out, like, it, did, it was kind of effortless to figure out how to fill in the blanks. Right. I knew that I, I really loved working with Adam Hirschman, who played a small part on the road. Mm-hmm. He plays his co-worker. But then I'm like, in the real world, I'm going to bring him back as, like, a family member that is coming in, yeah. and he's the catalyst. And then it just kind of, like, it wrote itself. And what was really interesting is... You know, on the road, we're not shooting it with this idea that things are going to change. Yeah. So, it became kind of reverse. Like, movies that deal with dreams, the dreams are usually far out or you know I don't know like very pointed in terms of this is a dream but to me in the film my interpretation is his dream life is way more alive than his real life his real life the way we shot it and the way we captured it almost feels like a dream you know so and that was the idea it's kind of cold yeah yeah. Yeah. this idea of duality and knowing like you don't like when you're dreaming you it feels real and when you're alive it also feels real but what is real and what is reality and there's a moment where Alan Watts talks about that like what is reality You can't feel it, taste it, touch it. What is it? Yeah. What is that thing? And reality is just the moment, you know? And I feel like the film was successful in, like, attacking those ideas and making people kind of think about it. I think about the movie that we set out to make, and I am so happy that I listened to myself and we directed it into a better path. Yeah. And, I mean, it it taught me everything. Like, I don't know, just in terms of letting go and just trusting we all have an inner voice, you know, that yeah. guides us, and we do. Like, I really feel like we have a higher self that's always on our side. That's, I don't know what that is. Yeah. yeah. You're tapping into the energy or just something. I think everyone knows what it is today. I'm them. with you. I, you know, yeah. I we all feel that. And this movie was an example of that. And it was interesting because as we were getting rejected from other festivals and whatnot, I, you know, I'm hearing people on the outside kind of being concerned or (laughs) disappointed, but I was always like very much, I just knew that whatever festival we were going to play first was going to be the appropriate festival yeah so you can't get any more appropriate than playing at a festival that is the birthplace of alan watts yeah yeah. i mean it's amazing and you know it falls in line with the road trip we went from san francisco to new york then we jumped over the atlantic and wound up in london so it's cool
0: when you made the shift and you're shooting those new scenes basically were did you after you got over your initial fear did you feel kind of gleeful? Like, was your love for the project really it was, made, or were It you- was
1: mixed still. It was like, I knew that this, going in this direction, was way better than forcing um, the old idea mm-hmm. and forcing something that didn't feel right. I mean, when you're making a movie and when you're directing anything you're just making decisions based on your feelings you're not really making it based on logic i think you use logic in your brain for like you know continuity things like that but you know when someone goes you want the red coat or the blue coat you're like well blue feels better i don't know why it just feels better and i think making movies is all about sharpening your instincts and Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. becoming more in tune with them and uh, making decisions like right away and and so back then you know when we went through it yeah it was very excited because I knew it was working, and it was great to get Adam Hirschman back in because he added this comedic kind of vibe to it. Yeah, and yeah. Their chemistry was so yeah, good yeah. together that I was like, Oh, this is fun! I'm yeah, having yeah, fun. Yeah. And we shot it very differently. We shot it with a Canon C100, just a prosumer 1080p camera. Oh, yeah, whereas the rest of the stuff was shot on Alexa. And it, we used this old vintage anamorphic adapter that was from the late 60s that gave it kind of this bloomy, kind of hazy feel. Yeah. Everything was locked down on a tripod. The yeah. camera never moves. We yeah. wanted it to feel boxed in and kind of sad and just observant. Yeah. So there were aesthetic choices we made that would inform the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Like We were kind of aware of all that. Um, and the film went into post at that point. Um, post already began, but I didn't see a cut of the film and so we finished in march i didn't see a, a, the whole movie until like end of july really so i kind of went uh i got, was yeah i'm not gonna lie i was like a, i was worried i mean yeah. you're always like worried i mean you get worried and you know, I joined, uh, I started doing improv comedy. Yeah, yeah. I started making comedic things. Just I started just distancing myself from like this process of editing because I knew that I had a great editor, a great team, and I knew that they needed to do their thing. And so, you know, part of me, I didn't know if it was going to work. Yeah. And I remember the first cut we had was three hours long. The movie's 94 minutes now, but the first cut was three hours and it was long and it was bloated and there was parts in How there. How long? three hours three hours the first cut oh wow and i remember there was just like moments that kind of hurt but then there were really cool moments and then after i watched it i was like fuck yes like i could see the movie in there and i was like it worked making that decision to ship things worked Uh it's working yeah because i was worried that it wasn't gonna work and now i'm like it's actually working so then we spent another six months getting it down, shaping it and molding it into what it became. Mm-hmm. And um but then you're still like, does it work? Does it work? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, like throughout the whole process, you don't really know if it yeah, you, yeah. you know for me, watching the three hour cut, I knew it worked for me. Mm-hmm. But does it work for somebody else? Right. And I didn't really, I didn't really well that's not true. We sent out an early cut to Sundance in twenty fourteen and we got rejected because the film wasn't finished yet. And I have a question yeah. about
0: that. Was that cut like the original con not the original concept but like the road trip thing it right? already had the dream oh, yeah? stuff okay. in there. yeah there. Oh, yeah
1: because the dream stuff was shot like two months after we mm-hmm. did the road mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. there was there's no original cut that has the oh, stuff okay. with yeah. guy and yeah. all that other stuff um but it was an early cut like there was a Radiohead song in there and whatever and got rejected and in my mind i'm like oh i bet they turned it off like 20 minutes yeah, in, yeah, yeah i'm just being like beating myself up yeah a week later i get a phone call from a programmer at sundance who like absolutely loved the film She i could hear her excitement on the other end that yeah, she was yeah. talking to me she's like you made a beautiful film yeah i love the tone i love the performances like i'm really sorry we couldn't get it in this year we just couldn't find a place for it yeah. but i can't wait to see where this goes and she was the she was the first person to see the film outside of my circle And, I mean, you couldn't get more of a boost of self-esteem because this woman watches thousands of movies. She's programming for the top festival of the world, and she's taking the time out of her day to call me. So, like, I was like, okay, there's something bubbling. And uh, But really, it was going to Rain Dance. And you know what's funny? I couldn't really watch it on the premiere because I was so concerned with, like thinking you know is it working and it wasn't until the second screening after having the confidence of just won the whole festival and having so much support that i could actually finally i was able to watch the movie as like an audience member i could actually appreciate it yeah and be there and the audience was way more relaxed and they were just they could feel them they were there for the whole ride yeah yeah. you know and like oh was just amazing dude like it was amazing i had people coming up and talking to me talking my ear off for the next three hours after we showed that screen yeah. just wanting to know more yeah. and like just fascinated by yeah. the whole thing and just did you, excited. Did you
0: ever get kind of emotional even? Like
1: Yeah, uh the first the If you pr- want to reveal it. No, okay. yeah, the premiere I was sitting next to my mom who's just this amazing support in my yeah. life and she was on the film and I kept looking at her and she just had she was so happy to yeah. be watching it finally on the big screen. And there's a moment towards the end of the film, without giving it away, where things right. kind of swell up, you know, with Kyle, and he's making this thing happen, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I actually like got like yeah. I got teary, and yeah. I got really like emotional. Like I was like, because for me at that moment, I was like, I saw my, I'm like, I'm him. Like this is coming from me, but I'm this. Yeah, just it was weird. It was like this culmination of like everything in that moment. Yeah, and I did get emotional. It was yeah. very emotional for me. It was very exciting, man. Like. Um, it was incredible just being able to have a home to play the film, right. but getting so much love from everybody
0: from a bunch of people that you don't. Know. I didn't
1: even know. Changed my life, and let me just say, I don't know what it is, but yeah, the I'm I'm in love with London women oh yeah oh yeah i I think it's my accent they just they like me over there yeah yeah i was i just felt like so and so you're like the charming yankee i guess so like over here in la they look me up and down like what can he do for me yeah like in london like they were just the sweetest i'm like oh my i was falling in love i was like i'll marry you and i'll marry you i had like 12 wives there one point in my head and like they were all making fun of me like my friends of like yeah but, did you go um, to any parties or anything yeah oh yeah, we went to like all the parties they had an opening gala which was amazing they had like mixer events uh closing gala party the closing gala party was pretty incredible because like every single person was coming up to talk to me and it was, it was fun i just yeah, got to meet yeah. so many awesome yeah. people and you know, I'm. I still keep in touch with a lot of them today. That's like, great. And talk and yeah. like, it's my second. Home. I really want to move to London, no, That's basically what I'm saying. I could see you there. Like right? London transformed me, and I've always like loved L.A. But when I went there, I'm like, oh, this is my city. Like I yeah. just, for me, I know people like the architecture. They like whatever. For me, it was the people. Like there's just something about the people that I really find charming. Like. I like the dry sense of humor. I like yeah. the, fuck off, Mike. I saw like four guys fighting another four guys at three in the morning, like violently punching each other in the face. <laughs> A minute later, they're all shaking hands and going their separate ways. I'm like, this is the greatest crazy. city in the world. If you don't mind me asking, what did you do for weed you know it's funny like yeah i mean i can take breaks from weed no problem yeah. like so for me it was like i'm just gonna you know socialize out, and drink yeah but you know it's weird uh like i people there was this french director named pierre and um we were at this mixer event. He's like, "Do you smoke uh, weed?" I'm like, "Yes." And he goes, "Oh, thank God, no one smokes weed here." And like, we smoked a joint, and he kept giving me weed. Like every day, he'd give me like a joint and be like, "Here's your joint for the day." Was it good weed? It was all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like California weed. We yeah. have the best weed oh, ever.
0: We have the best weed in the and galaxy.
1: This other British director who premiered his film there, who didn't look at all like he would smoke weed, mm-hmm. just very proper. Like he was he was growing weed in his home, and he was like giving me back. <laughs> like on his premiere, he like gave me a bag of weed. Uh, he was like, "There uh, you go." I'm uh, like, it was just coming to me, like yeah. it
0: was awesome. Well, I imagine if you go to a festival, there's, there's it's people ca- yeah. that are hip yeah. and stuff. One of my favorite funniest parts in Zen Dog was when Kyle wakes up and his cousin is just standing there. Oh yeah, yeah, standing <laughs> over. Bed. Well, the thing that, that I like, yeah, yeah, like there was comedy in it, yeah. but it wasn't like underlined,
1: yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it like like it, yeah. it
0: was very character based, which I think is the best kind of comedy. I think that's you know? cool, or one of them. You know?
1: Yeah, definitely. The original script was kind of devoid of all comedy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, my life is comedy, and <laughs> I love comedy. Yeah. And it's just like, the next film I'm writing is a comedy. Nice. It's like an action, psychedelic comedy, basically. Yeah. And it came off the heels of Zendog. Um, and funny, coincidentally, I took the character of Guy and put it into this Oh, yeah? yeah? Nice. I mean, it's, it's going to be called All Seeing Guy. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Wait, so he's going to be... Like the main. Well, I'm switching it up a little bit, but basically, yeah, he's going to be the main guy. I want Jack Black to be in it. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) But
0: ideally, like the romantic side of me wants to think like a person's first film has to, it's special. It has to say something about them and how they see the universe. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just with the Alan Watts stuff alone, you really do see the universe
1: with this film that's cool you know like yeah. it's
0: not i don't know it's not whatever i'm trying to think of like a really dumb movie but i can't think of anything off the top of people my
1: head. were like i remember some guy made a comment and i love this film they were like um someone said some comment about how like it was a million times better than waking life they're like i thought waking life was the best movie about lucid dreaming but this is like and uh i was gotta be cool honest with you i agree with compliment because i love waking yeah life, no man. i like it too but yeah.
0: but this one gave you more to yeah. grab.
1: Well, There was more of a frame, right? Yeah, Just exactly. something to go back to. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I we, mean, Waking labeled, Life,
0: yeah. yeah. It's a bunch of cartoon characters. Yeah, it's like a
1: vignette. I love it. It's a great movie. Yeah, no, yeah. I like it. I'm not
0: dissing it. Yeah, but yeah. I, I do kind of agree in the sense that like, this one kept me more phil- the philosophical part of my brain running. Right, that's cool. Because it wasn't overwhelming at all.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. again,
0: Kyle is the perfect Kyle, surrogate he is. He, for
1: whoever's watching it. He really grounds it. He's pretty to look at and, like, he's just very natural. And that's why, you know, I hired him. Um, you know, we tested, like, a thousand people in L.A. You yeah. know, we didn't really have the money to go after big stars. Mm-hmm. So, we did open calls. And I like the idea. I've always been... Uh, uh, of the mindset of allowing things to happen i feel like i very much believe in that like as it exists like you yeah. put it out there it kind of comes back and you know i i wanted to create i was like let's discover someone new let's yeah. discover like the next greatest you know actor that yeah. just got to la that yeah. could be in our film and it kind of like it was very difficult because yeah. like i realized oh like you know there's a lot of people <laughs> in this city that i don't know <laughs> that they say they're actors and they kind of suck <laughs> i remember like we were doing like early sides i mean the script was still like going in revision so they weren't working with some of the best dialogue that i could put out like at the yeah. time but i remember it was like some people would make it sing and other people would like i was like oh but i remember one time i was sick of it we had been like auditioning for months and we were supposed to give out sides this time and i threw the sides in the garbage and but we had all these people that were coming and mm-hmm. they were coming they're like where are the sides i'm like oh we, we changed it up uh do whatever you you have one minute to do whatever you want and they're like what like whatever you want do a song do a monologue and some people love that and other people freaked out like they didn't know what to do deer in headlights yeah they were just like what (laughs) and like it just went like i have all that footage it's really funny um so yeah when i finally saw kyle uh we connected first just as friends and then he came in to do a, a screen test and it was like within ten seconds. I'm looking at the monitor. I'm like, up. Oh, it's done. That's, like, that's, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's something about him. One thing. He's like a handsome dude, but yeah. he's not so handsome. That yeah, it takes it, away from. It. Yeah, that he's like, not
1: pretty boy handsome. Yeah, like he just he's like has rugged like, handsome. He has a sympathetic face. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, his, his eyes too. Yeah. Like you kind of get like lost in yeah. his eyes, and I did yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a cool guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, what kind of actor is he like how did he work on- oh
1: i love him kyle is very uh he's very involved mm-hmm. um he's very like he's very passionate so when he accepts a role he he's completely involved i'm always told him i'm like dude you got to direct because yeah. you have like directing sensibilities like he understands filmmaking um but we had a really good collaboration we you know i would write i would rewrite things based on how he spoke and like the things that he said and i was very like open to him Mm -hmm. um there were some moments where it was like i kind of had to you know assert power you know because i am directing it it's my film um but i was always i would always allow him to kind of do his thing and we'd always compromise like Mm -hmm. okay you can do that and i remember we had one moment um it wasn't a negative moment but it was a moment for me that i realized that this film is different than what i wrote it and things Mm -hmm. are starting to change we were in denver and we're filming the scene with him and celia and he in the script he's kind of telling her randomly that he's going to go to the bridge and flip a coin and maybe kill himself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he says it kind of like nonchalant it's not a big deal and uh, I, I was like let's take that away like it just i don't like the way you're reading it i don't like the way you're doing it so when an actor hears that they're like well i'll prove to you that i can own these lines mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but for me it wasn't the lines it was the feeling and i remember Kyle we had, we kept doing take after take. Did
0: you say it like that? Like, I don't, I forget how we
1: said it. I was, I'm always, I'm always trying to treat everybody with respect. And, uh, but I remember there was a moment where he was like, no, we have to bring up this coin and this plot point because this is page 45. And, 45 minutes in the movie and and then i was like dude like i don't know what's gonna happen with this this scene might not even like be in the film. i have no idea what this film's gonna become and i remember that was a moment you know when you say something you realize what you're saying and like it becomes a truth yeah and i realized at that moment i'm like i i need to be remain open on this thing and not adhere to any words that i wrote before it's Mm -hmm, all got to be going with the flow and i had him strip away that dialogue and i'm like just get her to join you in the car, like say these lines. And we did some line readings and it's funny. We cut the whole scene because uh-huh. it still, it was starting to get there and it started getting better. And then all of a sudden the most insane thunderstorm came in super quick, like rain, lightning. Mm-hmm. We had metal rods up like C stands and everyone's like Get in the bus, the Goron, the AD's, like, guys move now. Get, yeah. get. And I, I was like, just standing there. You see behind the scenes footage of me just standing with the rain hitting my face, going like, i didn't get that scene like we did not get that and that's going to be cut and everyone knew it on the bus we were like well that was it was a turning point for me yeah like of realizing oh this film is it's starting to take its own life it's starting to do its own thing it's no longer me it's like another thing i could feel it at that moment and
0: when that thought gets in your head is it kind of like a secret that you want to hold out from it's, everybody? It's
1: like, it's not very clear. So it's not like coming to, in hindsight, it's clear to me what was going on. But in the moment it's like it's foggy and it's it's like it, it's not defined but you know it feels better whatever that is yeah. so yeah it is like a thing that you hold in inside huh. you don't want to be completely transparent with everything going on inside yeah. of you yeah. because I, I don't think that's a benefit to anybody i think you know it's good to have a little bit of mystery and kind of make decisions from that yeah, place yeah. but yeah that was um I was starting to feel that. But, I mean, the film was always in that vein. It was always going in that direction. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't like... It, it to me this change was part of it it was part of how it was written how pre-production came together how production came together making the decisions to you know switch things up was all part i can look back at it now and be like yeah it's totally natural yeah, like yeah. it's totally part of what this yeah. whole thing was so.
0: yeah. what's funny is i didn't smoke before this <laughs> yeah. because the movie is so visually crazy there's yeah. a lot going on yeah. visually and not And I mean, obviously, whoever's listening to this hasn't seen it yet. You know what I mean? But not in a way that's like, I don't know, obnoxious or something. It's so poppy. Like, there's so much going on. And I knew that if I smoked before this, doing this, my brain would be so full of visual stimuli that I wouldn't. Be able to sort of form sentences properly right. in terms of like, hey, remember that part, remember yeah, this yeah. part. So I have to stay clean, good, good. You know, <laughs> but um, what what was the other thing that I want? Let me look at my notes. Well,
1: right. one thing you can do, and you know, because there's a there's like an LSD moment, and some say if you do partake in those things, I'm not advocating that, yeah. but the moment that that kicks in for you will be the moment that the LSD scene happens oh really yeah they're kind of timed out and that wasn't by chance like i didn't plan that but like looking someone brought that up to yeah. me yeah
0: like i've done shrooms i've never done acid Yeah, but my brother asked me after i saw it he was like hey was there a dmt sequence because it's rick and i was like no there was an acid <laughs> sequence because it's Rick." <laughs>
1: the acid <laughs> sequence was really good yeah that I cut, that, I cut that one. That would help me. Oh, yeah? Fun, yeah. See, you do
0: drug sequences really good. Thanks. Just because... I don't know. Because I like them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I mean, you, you
0: have a realistic attitude towards yeah, yeah. them. You I know. think
1: psychedelics are, are okay. It's
0: one it. of the most psychedelic films I've seen. If cool. not the most psychedelic awesome. film I've seen. Nice. Like, it takes... It's weird because it's a very modern film. There's, yeah. like, modern shit in it. But it does have the remnants of, like, yeah. hippie counterculture. Yes, yeah. And I think that's, like, personified with Alan Watts cool. and stuff. It's And the Ober-
1: we do a lot of overlaying, like, where you, you take two images and you blend them on top. Yeah. Like, that's very 60s. And yeah. Kind of. And also cheap because we don't have to hire like crazy yeah. effects people. Yeah. But
0: what's funny is, you know, I was talking to Jesse and then Jesse told me something about you that I never knew. And you you correct me if I'm wrong. He said that Goodfellas is your movie, like the movie that made you want to do this. Is yeah, that
1: true? I watched Goodfellas oh, I was like eleven or twelve, yeah. I saw it. Um and it was so emotionally powerful for me. And it was yeah. like, whoa, you can do that? Like yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. can you can elicit that kind of a feeling like yeah. within you. It's the most realistic, gritty crime drama yeah. ever. And yeah. yeah, that for me left this crazy impression. Like I just fell in love with that movie and the idea of like, Fe- feature filmmaking yeah, you know? yeah i mean i saw like other movies my mom really exposed me she was like she showed me 2001 when i was like nine uh, years old and yeah. like we're just my dad introduced me to cuckoo's nest and yeah. um but yeah goodfellas is, is uh the one that kind of turned me on to filmmaking wow and, like, the i never knew that, that. Yeah.
0: well i mean that's the, what i wanted to get at with that is that like zendog is not a gangster movie obviously no, yeah but in a manner of technique, it is kind of it does that same thing where it just draws you in. Yeah, you know what I mean. How long did it take to edit this?
1: It took one year to edit uh, in total, and the reason why it took a year was because uh, my editor um, had a full time job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a commercial editor in Santa Monica, and this was his first feature that he cut, and he came kind of came to me serendipity you know we had a friend a mutual friend my old college roommate who passed away and um we were at his memorial and richard came up to me and he was like i really want to edit your film and i didn't that was right as i was thinking this might be a dream film this might be something else i was in a weird place with the movie and he's coming at me hard and then he called me the next week and he was very persistent and you know i didn't my first reaction wasn't like yes but it wasn't no it was just kind of like okay this guy's coming at me really hard he really wants to do it there's something there follow that and i gave it to him and uh yeah he took a year um he never slowed down he never had a moment where he took like four weeks off or something uh he always worked on it we would meet every week so we met like you know throughout the whole year and yeah. i would slowly see scenes come together yeah and i'm glad i remember in the moment i wanted things to accelerate a little faster because there was such a momentum with production leading up to production i mean the most insane momentum we had and then all of a sudden it went it like changed yeah. and uh so part of me was like oh like trying to force that like keep it up but then i was like well You know, he can't give me 12 hours a day on it. He can only work on it at nights and the weekends. And looking back, I'm glad it took that long because the length of time allowed us to be very calm and Mm -hmm. really kind of craft this unique film and be careful and like, go, oh, well, that scene should go here now and this shot will change. And so things were very fluid and organic. And it was good that it was slow. And then it took another year to do... It took three months to do the color and then it took about eleven months to do the sound. The sound was supposed to take three months, and this sound company—they uh, kind of screwed us a little bit in terms of timing. Um, without getting into it, you know, but yeah. it actually worked in our favor. You I think mentioned we this talked on about, the last yeah, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. I keep repeating it. <laughs> and, you know, for me, the the overall thing to take out of it is like it's a things. Look, all you can do. Uh, making a feature is a crazy undertaking. Right, you can't think about the end you can't think about where you started you just have to treat each day like it's your last day and focus yeah. on what you can do on that day yeah yeah because eventually it's going to come together it's yeah. going to be done but you can't think about it in terms of like i want it to go in this festival i want it to go here like there's so many things that are out of your control yeah yeah and if you're just okay with allowing things to materialize in the way they are just because something hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen just yeah. because we didn't get a cat stevens release at the beginning doesn't mean that it didn't happen which yeah. is did happen yeah so i think if you can just remain positive and optimistic yeah you're gonna prevent yourself from going down a dark path of insanity and you'll your thing will come out the way you want it yeah, to come yeah, out. yeah. it'll naturally just do
0: it speaking of the cat stevens thing yeah the whole time i'm watching i'm waiting for oh, cat yeah, stevens yeah. and yeah. i'm like and then towards the end i'm like i hope he uses this for the end credits yeah. this whole thing would just be the most amazing <laughs> thing if you and you did yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry spoilers yeah, but no, i don't no. think no, it's no, like
1: that song's perfect yeah, like yeah. the lyrics that he's saying in that moment yeah. you know for the character and everything i yeah. mean, i like that was the one song at the very beginning when I started writing. I'm like, I need this song. Yeah. And, like, I was told that we weren't going to get it. And, like, it was impossible. And I was like, well, let's just keep trying. And yeah, then yeah. we got it. Yeah. So,
0: Well, I mean, I know... Uh, I mean, I don't know how much uh, Cat Stevens has to do with licensing his music. But I know he's, like, a pretty pious guy now and like he's all like muslim and you know, like he's like a humble religious of islam
1: Islam. but he still doesn't license his music out to any film yeah like um that's why i was told it's gonna probably be unlikely that we'll get him Mm because he he is picky and he does have the say at the end of the day yeah Yeah, he does and oh so
0: cool so he watched oh nice
1: well we didn't show him a cut but he we had to send over a synopsis and what it was Mm -hmm. and i had this feeling that because Alan Watts, it was the first feature mm. where we feature Alan Watts's voice. He was going to be interested because him and Alan Watts came out of that same generation, yeah, yeah. that same kind of thought pattern, that same kind of idea. Yeah. So I part of me feels like it was because of Watts that yeah. he, he said yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the moment we got Watts and got Mark Watts involved and got the access to the library of alan watts that's when the title came in that's when everything changed no and i've always felt like you know it, watts was with us like mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. a way and his son mark definitely feels like that like watts is on the edge dancing yeah, and yeah. like he's there yeah i mean come on man like no i feel we it. premiered in london yeah. like he he grew up like what and less than an hour away from the theater yeah. i mean it was incredible yeah and it was cool because people that were coming to see the movie, most of them didn't even know who Alan Watts was. It's funny most Londoners did not know who Watts yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. He's such an American icon out here, yeah. and and still he's an underground American icon. Like still a lot of people don't really know him, mm-hmm. but you know people did know the name afterwards, and you know it was cool to to feel their feelings that yeah, they yeah. were affected by.
0: Yeah. It. Well, I mean, for some reason, I feel like Cat Stevens would never give his song to a move, movie called like blood basement five or something <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. this one it's like no yeah, yeah it's, zen in the title exactly and it's in keeping with that yeah. sort of hippie yeah spirit that yeah. thing that counterculture kind
1: of thing it was funny because we had like other smaller bands i'm not going to name them i mean they're known somewhat but they're like whatever and like they were turning it down like no we don't do that we don't want to be in this film it's like what yeah. like all these other mid-level band like yeah. so cat was like this top you know top of the mountain for me of getting yeah. him and like him and neil young i wanted a neil young song when the character of guy was in the script but once we took him out we didn't need that mm-hmm. song anymore but it was great getting kate yeah. stevens it was a victory
0: tell me about you know because on the last podcast i think you said and i you went into a little bit of oh, my fucking dog sorry um let oh, me no, ask this and then um the transition from it being a movie where it's just source music, which I think was kind of like what you planned to something where you're using an original, a great score, by the way, which we discussed earlier. How does that sort of reveal itself to you? I'm going to let my dog. No problem.
1: Um, So yeah, originally, you know, road films, they, um, What's up Sasha? Road films uh traditionally are kind of wall-to-wall music at least for the moments of travel and transition when the uh-huh. character is going from point A to point B, you know you have different songs and um you know aesthetically when we when i decided to make this more into a lucid dreaming film and less Mm -hmm. about a traditional road film um that's when i realized the importance of score was going to be it all kind of came together at once making the decision to go to a dream like made me realize well it's probably should be more ethereal more emotional more score based Mm -hmm. at the same time i had my music supervisor who was amazing she came on worked for free she's incredible yeah uh she was giving me temp music for the edit and one of those people was uh this guy william ryan fritch uh-huh. and i heard his song it's called uh, breathless mm-hmm. or no weightless and it's in the movie at that moment that you got emotional uh-huh. that was the song and right when i heard it it was like i had the same feeling that i had when i saw kyle on screen for the first time it was like whoa this is end like yeah this is the the essence of the movie i can hear it in this guy's music so i contacted music soup liz and she got his info i reached out to him showed him an early cut he's based up in petaluma in northern california he fell in love with the movie and he agreed to do it and he worked within our budget and he spent about a year doing the music and um, it also came down to budget. Like, um, hiring a composer, uh, original score is always going to be cheaper than getting like 10 licensed music yeah, tracks yeah. that are known. And I didn't want to use indie songs. I didn't want to use friends' bands. Like, no offense to any friends out there, but I just, if I was going to use music, it was going to have to be recognizable mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. things, you know, and um, Cat Stevens was one of them. And I just knew that we needed Cat for the end. And I remember Will composed a piece of music for the end just in case we didn't get Cat. Because mm-hmm. he's so amazing. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. like People don't like do bonus work for you yeah. and, like, just in case. like This guy was incredible. And we had a great time. The original score wasn't as populated with music as it is now. And we kept adding. And I kept pushing him in the direction of the real world needs to have its own kind of flair and flavor. Yeah, yeah, and it starts yeah. to need to blend. And, yeah we had a really awesome collaboration. No. It was exciting for me.
0: Was it him that sort of made it this kind of jazzy thing yeah. at the beginning? Yeah. Well, that was
1: my my idea was like this character. I've always loved jazz just mm-hmm. so that's just me writing myself into it. But yeah. um I wanted kind of a jazz vibe for him. Like we were like the dreams should be big in scope and grandiose and strings and this this crazy epic feel mm-hmm. and the real world should have this kind of like muddy like jazzy thing going yeah, on yeah, so that yeah. that came from that it yeah. came and we had a stan Getz song at the beginning when adam's character turns on the stereo at the very beginning when he mm-hmm. comes into the apartment um it was this really cool stan Getz song yeah. and the stand gets people were very difficult. They're like, oh, you're indie. You don't have distribution. Well, we're only going to give you festival rights. And festival rights for a song, if you're making a movie, is something you don't want to do. because It's very cheap. It's like Explain 500 it, or 1000 yeah. It's basically, we're going to give you the rights to use the music, but only for the festival circuit. And once and if you get distribution, then we'll renegotiate the contract to use that song. Basically, it puts all the cards in their table, because then they could raise their price if they want and Mm -hmm. plus you're mixing I'm not gonna mix a movie with a temp song like that changes things now I gotta go back in and redo it in case they turn out to be jerks and they raise their prices so we were like goodbye and I talked to uh, Will um, the composer on Zendog and he said let me let me do this i'll get it let me do it. this guy is like a genius yeah, like he yeah. can do any kind of music like um the uh the indian music that plays in the record store mm-hmm. that was him as well yeah. like he did every single song except for two tracks which are buried in there uh-huh. um but uh he put this whole jazz yeah. original song in yeah. it and i was like this this song is great yeah.
0: this is a weird question do you yeah. know how many cuts are in the
1: movie I don't know. You don't know. I'm kind of curious yeah. now. Um, fuck. Now it. I want to know. <laughs> I, uh, shit. I did all the onlining. The that that what that means is, after the film is colored, they spit out individual clips, and you got to put them back in. Uh-huh. So you're taking out the old uncolored and putting in the new one. So I'm very intimate with every single frame of that film yeah, because yeah. I went into yeah. it. But um, I don't remember how many cuts. There's quite a bit though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Imagine somewhere out there there's a kid yeah that has seen this film right right and there was a kid he, he came in oh yeah, well, yeah oh ahead. dude that's magical it was like an 18 year old kid that's named like...
1: eduardo that was uh, i think he was from brazil and he wandered in off the streets he wasn't even going to the festival he randomly came to our movie that's so great it blew him away yeah and uh he like he's been hitting up the composer to get He like he wants he got all his music nice. he brought the postcard to me he had me sign it like he was like <laughs> but go ahead sorry sorry uh, no no go ahead yeah
0: um uh This kid says, Mr. Mr. Dodge, Mr. Dodge, (laughs) I I saw your film. I want to do what you do. Give me some advice. Where do I start? What do I do?
1: Yeah, what do you do? Um, My advice is that you... And he's like 12. Imagine he's He's like 12. He's like 12. Well, what I would tell a 12-year-old would be, um, you know, if you got an iPhone or something, just start making short films. Just start making things. I would basically just give him the roadmap of what worked for me, which is make as many things as you can yeah and a lot of those things um you know they're not going to be great at the beginning but the more you make something the more you learn yeah and i would tell them don't ever be afraid like just always make something jump into the pool and just create yeah yeah. if you're not shooting something one day then maybe you're writing your next thing and if you're not doing that maybe you're editing your last thing Mm. but just you have, to, I mean, kids today, uh, I'm jealous. Like, back when I was 12, we were shooting with video cameras and having to edit with two VCRs. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, I remember. Or what we would do is we would edit in camera. Like, you would edit in inside the camera so all of your shots were already mapped out. There was no editing system yeah, that yeah. we could afford. You couldn't do it. I used to sneak into the public access stations in my town, and they would let me use it at night. I'd yeah, yeah. cut my little things, but now you know if you're 12 you have an iphone and you have iMovie on your phone you can edit you can shoot you can do effects yeah. you can do so many amazing things yeah. so there's really there's no excuse for anyone not to be not creating. To be doing stuff yeah. anyone can make work yeah now, visual work yeah. and the only thing stopping you is you that's yeah, it yeah. and I, my other piece of advice would be don't listen to other people like yeah Even people that are complimenting you and telling you to go in the just just listen to yourself. Yeah, yeah. follow what you want to do. You might want to be a director, but then the more you do it, you might realize I really like doing special effects. Mm -hmm. I love doing visual effects. I'm in love with it, and now you're getting hired by you know Disney to do the next Star Wars film. So. I think like it's good to have goals, but you should listen to what feels good for you. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So everyone's different.
0: What's funny about the movie is on the previous podcast I mentioned that you have different modes. Like you have yeah. the disposable video mode. You have. Yeah. There's no trace of the disposable video mode. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're a composer, and then you're like disposable <laughs> video side is like trying to get attention. But it's like yeah. no, 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 no. We're doing this, you know, for real <laughs> yeah. and stuff
1: but um so what's next what's next well what's next is getting this film sold getting it out there um going on a little tour with it in terms of the festival circuit like i said there's been a momentum here with rain dance Uh, we've been getting invited to other festivals we're trying to get into some of the bigger ones to make a splash um if we get into a big festival it benefits us because yeah. um you know rain dance is big it's giant in the uk but we need to get this film seen in america mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the next step and festivals are really weird about premiere status yeah so we've done our world premiere we've done our European premiere our international premiere is over now we have the North American premiere mm-hmm. so we can't just give it away to anybody it's got to be someone special it's got to yeah, be yeah. another right person so yeah what's next for me is getting this movie out there so people can see it on Netflix iTunes hopefully they can go to the movie theater and mm-hmm. see it yeah that's always been my dream yeah theatrical even limited theatrical so people can see it in a theater because that's where it belongs um, but the next thing for me is I'm working on my next script nice. I'm jumping back into it um i knew i was gonna be jumping into something next but um going to rain dance really gave me the thrust one day about midway in the festival they had this pitch thing where you could pitch your idea to five people that are in the industry Mm -hmm. working studio people and like an audience of 200 i wasn't gonna pitch anything i had this half-baked idea excuse me this half-baked idea this Mm -hmm. was kicking around in my brain and uh, i didn't even have a title at the time and the festival staff kept pushing me they're like "Go! Oh, you should go do this thing and I was like okay they're telling me multiple times to do it I'm gonna try it yeah. so I put my you put your name in a hat yeah. I wrote the title the working title was "Pineal Pop it's so stupid <laughs> and uh, I, was like, I didn't know what it was I made yeah. it up right there I was like I don't even know what the title of this is and like you know everyone's getting up I'm like the 10th person to pitch but British people pitching um, and then he goes down to the governor and he says to him no don't and I was just watching like some of these people just kind of like like bomb a little bit, yeah. and, the, and the and the five studio people that are there, they're like giving their brutal, honest opinion, like really? ripping them up. Your hands were behind your back. I didn't believe you. You weren't confident. You didn't do. It. And I was just like, oh shit. So they called <laughs> me up there, and um, you know, I'm good in front of audiences yeah, and yeah. crowds. I can kind of like be confident. And I'm setting up this idea. And then when I pitch the hook, everyone starts laughing. For the first time, people are, like, all laughing. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really have, you know, one of the guys, who was really funny. He financed all the Kingsmen. And hmm. uh, he's, like, this um, Indian-British um, guy. And he goes, like, he's, like, okay. He like he like rubs his face and goes, I don't know your story. I don't know your plot. I don't know your characters. I don't know how much money this is going to cost. I don't know what this is compared to. I don't know how you're going to pull it off. I don't know this. I don't know that. But I want to see it. I believe you. I think it would be a great film. And I'm like, what kind of double weird compliment was that? And then I had people coming up to me after that pitch. I got in like the top five. Yeah. They, had like, they pitched like 40 and I was in the top five or whatever. Uh-huh and uh the thing that kind of pushed me into now writing since i've been back is people were coming up going like i want to see that movie i really want to see it and when i was getting a tattoo i um i saw the title in my head it, like i was in so much pain like it came to me i was trying yeah. to think of a better title than yeah. pineal pop and the title because the character's name is guy it's called all seeing guy and mm. it's basically about this dude that is kind of a um he is a reluctant superhero type i changed things i wanted to talk to you more about it
0: <laughs> oh uh, I later remember. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: but you know the the basic gist of it is he's g- walking the land trying to reunite with his daughter and punching these people in their third eye like yeah. waking them up Forever. Yeah. And um that idea came off the heels of Zendog. We mm-hmm. were in a meeting to look at the poster design. Yeah. I met with the poster designer. The poster is amazing. Yeah, we had this way. great yeah. dude. His name is um Fucking whoa plain. That was Harrison Ford. Blitzkrieg. Yeah. <laughs> uh this guy named Jeff Holmes, who does all these big posters, came on and did it. And when we met him, I met him at um we met at this restaurant. He had this brass ring that had an all-seeing eye. And he he was, like, a muscly kind of dude. And I was, like, immediately I had this image of, like, this angry Buddhist, like, punching people in their third eye to wake them up. And uh, I was, like, that's a cool idea. And then that's kind of how it began. So I'm in, like, research mode now. and. Nice. just going through different other works that already exist and sketching ideas and so do you, you have know. that excitement yeah yeah. I do. yeah yeah I yeah no it no it's back eyes. like i'm very excited i am i excited if not more excited than i was when i started zendog because nice. zendog it's like it's your first film yeah. and you're like you're going into the unknown now i've got that behind me i kind of know you never know but you kind of you've done the trip once yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like yeah. oh i know all the things i learned on zendog i can now apply to this yeah you know so yeah hopefully we're shooting it in a year i mean what's funny
0: is you know you and i were the same age pretty much yeah. and uh like you said earlier like just to get a normal motion picture image back in the day yeah it would always kind of look ugly and it was it wasn't what we would see in the cinema yeah. and stuff and now, all of a sudden, people have the technology at their fingertips to make beautiful things, yeah. to make really, really pretty, great things that would feed the universe, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like we're bombarded so much by ugliness yeah. that, like, I don't know, it was a very moving experience watching the movie. You know That's what cool. I mean? Like, I, yeah. I loved it. I really did. Yeah, thanks, Two man. thumbs up, four stars, you know, the <laughs> whole thing. But, um, so... Your advice to the kid is just make your stuff.
1: My advice to the kid is, yeah, don't ever stop creating. If you want to do that thing, you want to make a movie, you want to be an actor, you want to be an editor, like... Don't ever settle on your dream, like, yeah, no yeah. matter what, because like life is too short. And honestly, you have to put yourself in the perspective of being an old man or old woman looking yeah. back at your life at this moment. If you were like in, on your deathbed and you were able to reflect back on your life to this moment, what would you change differently? Like, yeah, you have the power right now. To do whatever you want and believe me man like i went through a good portion of my 20s where i was not living to my potential i was like i knew this is why uh, you know i'm here like it feels amazing to make things but I was like there was a period where I didn't make a short film for like two or three years, like and it was yeah. like twenty five to twenty eight or something. Yeah. And I was just caught up in making money and like being in a relationship that wasn't working out yep. and just like the domesticated life and I wasn't happy and like it just you know, it honestly it can just it can you know change yeah. in a second. Yeah. You can change your mindset in a second. Like yeah. you don't need to do Anything you can just literally go, I'm not gonna do that anymore, I'm gonna do this. So, yeah, yeah. my advice is like, yeah, start young and like just focus on what you want. And just because something hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not gonna happen, right. it just means yeah. everything in due time, it all is yeah. timing, yeah. And you don't want, I mean, would you want to? live every experience of your whole entire life in one moment. Like it's about like the journey and going through it and turning the corner and seeing something you never saw saw before.
0: And I got to admit, like this whole Zen dog experience from my perspective has always been really fascinating to me. I love like asking you questions about it and stuff. And one of the things that I realized from the last podcast and having seen the film and seeing all the buzz that it accrued in rain dance and just seeing you right now Mm -hmm. is that if you want to do it, Fuck fear.
1: D- yeah, fuck fear. No, seriously, it, 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 it's it, an illusion. Yeah, first of all, it and, doesn't exist. It, like fear is fake. Yeah. It's like manufactured in your your animal brain. You know, it's meant for. It's tied into survival, and yeah. you know, it's 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 extremely a hundred percent natural. For a voice to appear in your daily life, trying to prevent you from chasing your dreams. Yeah. Because as animals, we are trying to minimize risk for survival. So you're always going to have that ego self that is telling you whatever it is. You Go to the gym. Yeah, don't yeah. do it, or whatever. You yeah. make it from. Don't do it. Like you can't listen to that because yeah, yeah. that's not. It you. kills art. It kills art yeah. and self doubt. There's you nothing know. worse than self doubt yeah. and like regret that you didn't do something. Yeah. yeah. You know. I think you really need to uh, address fear, recognize it. You're never going to live a life where fear is extinguished. You're going to live a life where you can learn how to deal with your own fears. And I think you you deal with them by one step forward yeah, and yeah. constantly going forward. yeah I mean every day on Zendog during production, we would have something that would kind of go wrong or something that would like it would be like a uh, obstacle it would be like this invisible wall that would come up right and i started to recognize that it was just these are little illusions they're challenges you well, can't let that affect you you just go no you got to look ahead at that point and be like that film's already done yeah i'm yeah. just going through yeah. it and like and then that illusion goes away and yeah, that yeah. illusion goes away i mean they say when you're having a nightmare to confront Whoever it is that's chasing you, or whatever it is you're running from, mm-hmm. confront it. Yeah, and when you confront it, it disappears because yeah. it's fake. Like there really is nothing to fear but false fear evidence itself. Yeah. appearing real. Yeah, that's an acronym. It Have you is, heard that false, before? I no. it was in Nightcrawler. False you ever see that ev- movie? That oh, was a great movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: I think it was a Nightcrawler. Um, one. Hello, this is Nas Red. Uh, while I normally do not edit the bulk of these shows, aside from the beginning and ending with the music and stuff. At this point in my conversation with Rick, I lost my mind, and I went on a political thing that was unredeemed by any talk of uh, cinema, and so I edited it out. On this uh, podcast, we like to be apolitical, and everybody is entitled to their stupid views, whatever they may be. So we will return to the conversation where we were weaning off of the political topic and going into a more cinema-friendly philosophical topic. I apologize, and uh, please enjoy the rest of the conversation. this guy needs to wake the fuck up and listen to some Alan Watts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like one of my other favorite british people john lennon said there's fear and there's love yeah and those are the two big opposing forces in the universe and you know i I,
1: yeah and that we're seeing that in this election yeah we're seeing it with one candidate in particular yeah hopefully goes away is this whole idea (laughs) of the orange uh,
0: man (laughs) the orange thing (laughs) it's
1: like to me it's like a joke i feel like he was created to it's like a litmus test of society so the powers that be could be like, oh yeah, this is bringing out all the ugliness to the yeah, surface. Yeah, yeah. So we know who, yeah. where we stand. Yeah, and it's less about him. It's more about the country that, like, you see them at rallies spitting in people's faces. Yeah. And so. it's disgusting. Yeah, they're but, yeah, dead it's and scared. A, it's all from fear. Yeah. It's like this idea. Of like, oh, someone's coming to take our country away. Like, there's no such thing as yeah, a border. Yeah. yeah, Like, it's all, it's all one bullshit. planet. Yeah. Like, there's no borders. Like, yeah. it's all... Borders were created by man. Like, an animal doesn't understand what a border is. Yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah, fear's manufactured. I felt that in France, because they've been getting intact so much. Yeah. But the people in France are just... All afraid in Paris, specifically, very afraid, very yeah, yeah, scared, very yeah. on edge. I and can imagine, but I mean, I understand it, yeah. but then, like, that's no way to live your life, exactly. you know? Like, it's just, you know. I mean, we all have moments. I think you got to embrace all emotions. Like, if you stub your toe and you're in pain, you can't, like, it, life never works out. If you're like, I'm going to remain positive about pain. No, yeah, you yeah. express the pain. Yeah. Let it flow through you, but don't hold on to things. Yeah. And you can't hold on to positivity either too much. Like, yeah. If you're super excited, it's okay, but you can't be, like, holding on to anything. Yeah, yeah. You Al- really have to, like, walk this line. Alan
0: Watts says love is like water going through a hose. Yeah. I is. heard that this morning. Yeah, it yeah. is. You know? Yeah.
1: You know. you know um yeah it is it does really it comes down to two things like i think we as humans complicate it Mm -hmm. and try to make it into something else but it really is fear and love if you can honestly approach your day in the morning or throughout with the idea of love and for love for you for love it might be love of yourself which i think it starts there and then love of Being in this place called Earth and this city called L.A., love for a stranger. Like, great things happen to you. Like, your day opens up. It becomes long, and you meet people, and you rendezvous with interesting characters. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Good things happen. If you're, like, afraid and, like, upset because your career is not here or all this other bullshit, like... Everyone could be in a better place that they're in. But yeah. honestly, I don't even believe that. I think everyone's in the perfect place that they yeah, are yeah, right now. Yeah, like yeah. you just gotta accept yeah. your current moment.
0: One thing that Zendog made me wanna do more of, which I've done it before LSD? It- <laughs> Close meditation. <laughs> yes, yeah. Medita- do, you, do you meditate? I do,
1: yeah. Yeah. I um I got these uh like mala beads actually right here. Oh uh, yeah? These are really good for meditation. I- like if you get the mala beads, a hundred oh. there are a hundred and eight beads, what you do is you hold one in your hand. you hold it out and Mm -hmm. uh this is a great meditation tool um you got the beads in your hand and you start you you feel one between your two fingers Mm -hmm. your thumb and your forefinger and you do an in breath and an out breath and then you go to the next bead in breath out and the next bead so other people use mantras some people use beads some people just focus on their breathing but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i try to do it every day for like 30 minutes and i feel out of place if i don't do it
0: it zends you out
1: it's just like for me what it does is it it reminds me that like I'm not my thoughts, you know. I'm yeah, not yeah. even my emotions really. Yeah. I'm not really even myself. I'm just like in this mix, this soup. Because I think, like, as humans, we can become very attached to our current state or attached to our belongings or attached to our personality or our thoughts, even. Mm -hmm. Especially if something shitty happens to you, you can get stuck and replay that moment in your head over and over. just start
0: ruminating it. Yeah, and,
1: like, that's not doing you any good. So anytime, especially if I do get into a stressful situation um and i'm not feeling good i'll meditate i'll like sit down and that will make me immediately feel better right. because i'm able to detach from that yeah
0: when and, did you begin meditation
1: um did it have to do with Zandog dog a little bit or it didn't really i think it's all kind of the same thing i made i like committed to doing it at the beginning of this year um oh, yeah. i was just in a you know insane you know I, dramatic I, I, relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. uh with a with a She's a great girl, but, um, we were having tough times Mm -hmm. and we broke up at the end of the year and I was like, this is a good time for me to just kind of like sit every day and just focus on this and, um... It's tough. It's not tough. And once again, it's fear. Like anyone's got 30 minutes or even 20 minutes in their day to sit with their eyes closed and, you know, in the cross legged position or even on a chair and just chill out. I noticed that the more you do it, the more amazing it becomes to the point where it's very easy to tune into this trance like uh, relaxed state where it feels. Like one of the greatest feelings in the world is like when you wake up from a long sleep, like on a Saturday and you slept in and then like you're just lying in bed and if you feel so relaxed, like your body's pumped full of these good feeling chemicals. Yeah meditation takes you to that place right it takes yeah, yeah. you to that that space of being kind of just zen yeah and yeah. um yeah it's there's nothing you need to do you can do it anywhere anytime yeah. all you need to do is sit down and really just focus on your breathing set an alarm i like doing the beads because there's a little feather tassel that mm-hmm. is at the end of the 108 beads and if you do a if you loop it three times like that's 30 minutes uh-huh. so sometimes when you're meditating and you're going deep um you hear an alarm and you're like very startled but yeah but yeah. i've had moments like where i've finished a meditation i'll open my eyes and i'll look down and it's got like 10 seconds left on the timer so like you're in tune with yeah, something yeah,
0: yeah i mean a guy like me every once in a while i have to tell my brain to shut the fuck up and, dude yeah yeah, yeah. And it's
1: very normal like when you first begin meditation don't give up it might take you three or four weeks to yeah. get to those states yeah because i remember when i started for like four weeks straight every day it was like is this even meditating like i'm closing my eyes and i'm just thinking about like the burrito i want to eat later and like (laughs) what i have to do next and my mind won't shut up but something you begin to condition your body to meditate and so your body starts recognizing this is my time for me what worked for me for kind of quieting my mind a bit was like i i can have chatter going on all day long just give me i negotiated with myself i was like give me this 20 minutes 30 minutes just for me not yeah. to listen to you yeah and it would go away and be like okay cool i'm cool like i feel like <laughs> i'm talking to myself yeah, but yeah. like yeah okay we'll give you that time yeah. and like it was easier to slip away yeah, yeah, you know so the subconscious is a powerful thing
0: so where can everybody find zen dog social media zen yeah dog? so
1: Right now, you can go, we have a website, it's being redesigned, but by the time this comes out, I think it'll be done. So, if you go to zendogmovie.com, you can see all of our updates. Uh, There's some behind-the-scenes videos on there, so you can go back and look at what we did uh, back in the day. Um, If you follow us on Vimeo at zendogmovie, you can Mm -hmm. track our updates as well we're going to be putting out an update video about our whole experience in rain oh, dance nice. which is, if it was filming with like a GoPro yeah. and we got some of the Q&A um Instagram it's once again zendog movie Twitter zendog movie mm-hmm. Facebook zendog movie yeah. so any news that we have to report will be on one of those platforms and if you you know if you want to follow me my big social media thing is uh Instagram so you can go to follow me at rick darge Um, and this is at Rick Darge one word. And, um, I tend to post there first and then I go to yeah. Dog Movie right. and yeah. post all the big news. And
0: for anybody...
1: The website's the best, though. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I, and I will say the update videos are the best. And anybody that has... They're very in, entertaining. Yeah, very entertaining, especially when you're angry.
1: <laughs> I mean, there was a few <laughs> yeah, parts well, where... Yeah, you should see some uh, of the raw footage we never put <laughs> oh, in. Oh, dude. Dude, because I, I told Eli, who was editing those behind the scenes on the road, I said, it's very important that you don't put anything negative in here. Like, maybe a little bit, but I don't want to give anyone the... Uh, I don't want people... I don't want this to turn into a dramatic thing yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. make people question what we're doing out there but going back and looking at the raw footage oh there's some dark moments yeah. where i'm losing my shit are yeah. you yelling and shit? oh like to the, the, the ex-producer <laughs> like freaking out on the phone like oh yeah there's just some there's some funny raw moments like moments where like the behind the scenes shooter who's this amazing guy named liam underwood uh who's doing a lot of great things right now like he would catch me in these moments where i looked like my face i was like looking just super sad yeah and like yeah. staring at the ground he's like what's going on i'm like i don't know what's going on i don't know what's working i don't even know what the hell we're doing right now Jeez. like i would just like unload on him yeah, and yeah those are all captured
0: so are you gonna release that eventually i, I it think it's for sure gonna
1: go on the blu-ray like as an hour-long epk i talked to rain dance i'm like i talked to the lead programmer i'm like we had this, all this amazing footage. What do you think about us? Like presenting it to you for, to maybe screen next year. She's like, I love that idea. Yeah. I'm like, it's like the shadow version of Zendaya. Yeah. You can like see the so hell behind. Maybe the book, we'll be yeah. back. I mean, one cool thing about winning that award is we've been commissioned by the film festival to do the trailer. So, before every film, they play a minute-long trailer, mm-hmm. um, and they get a filmmaker from the previous year to to do it. Mm-hmm. This year, it was incredible. Like, the guy, I forget his name, he did this amazing minute-long video that every time you watch it, it just makes you happy, and then they show the film. So, it's definitely a tall order yeah. uh, for us uh, to make something as good yeah, as yeah. that. Um, but I'm really excited. Um, nice. I have a couple this is a British actress I've been talking to and I think she might come out and be in it she's like I'll fly out I'm like I can't pay you she's like, I'm down just like yeah, so be involved yeah. so their whole theme is discover be discovered so I was working workshopping some ideas with Jesse yesterday he came over and uh, thought about the idea of showing the history of film through a narrative mm-hmm. maybe boy is trying to get with girl yeah and it starts off like you know silent film yeah and it's just like every like location change he does it just gradually yeah, becomes right. more until yeah. like the end it's like cgi and
0: jesse is a good guy to consult for he's history good of jesse's
1: 50. very good like to bounce ideas yeah, off yeah of, he's like, really good. i remember when i was toying with the idea of the title i was like what do you think of zendog and he was like that's it and yeah you know, like, i got trust his opinion yeah so. yeah
0: one final thing yeah we've covered a lot of Glenn we have now. yeah it's I, been great I, I think it was great and we're still going yeah how long oh, is it i have no idea oh, I, u- I usually just like I wait until I export it to iTunes to find out how long. Yeah. So it's like a surprise. No. But you, at the end of the Zendog experience, you're in New York. I you mean- met a great great man yes a great
1: hero oh yeah mr
0: lloyd kaufman
1: lloyd kaufman ceo
0: of of uh, trauma
1: trauma please tell me about that experience he's amazing i mean he discovered so much new ta- like talent like he basically you know you gotta if you guys don't know trauma yeah. look him up they did toxic avenger um what was yeah. the uh pultry, Pist- guys. Yeah, pultry guys a lot of like class of
0: Newcomb high yeah uh, campy
1: horror films oh you got a uh, toxic avenger right up oh on yeah, the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um he's the king of independent cinema they're the oldest uh, independent film production company right. that's ever yeah. lasted. Um, and so, Yeah, so he had a book. He has a great book. And if you want to make a movie, I recommend everyone pick up this yeah. book. It's called Make Your Own Damn Movie. Yeah. It's great. It's one of the best. It's books. one of the best yeah. books. It's so inspiring. And the whole um, genesis of that book is like, don't wait on anybody. Make your film. You can make a film with any camera. You yeah. can make a film with anything. You don't need money. You don't need anything. Yeah. Like, it's just fear. Fear, fear, fear. Yeah. That's what's preventing you from doing it. Yeah. So it, it definitely gives you... And he's so funny, like the way he writes. He's yeah. very to the core and he's very much like, it's okay to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like... And he's just... It's awesome. Really, yeah. get it. Get yeah. the book. It's amazing.
0: Just get the fucking book. Get the and book make, already. make a goddamn movie and stop bombarding my Facebook with your ugliness. Okay.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> but yeah, um, I got to interview right. him. Um, We set up an interview at the very end of production on the road and got to meet him tell him the idea and uh he was just such a generous awesome guy and if you go onto our vimeo mm-hmm. and you search zendog movie you can watch that interview yeah. interview. it's up there so i
0: did i made one comment on the facebook when you posted that and it was just dude <laughs> <laughs> exclamation point yeah. but that was really a great moment seeing you yeah interview him and and that guy is really a great guy and just for he's everything just great. You said, he's yeah. very inspiring yeah
1: and he's very he's got this bitterness about him but he's also extremely optimistic yeah yeah, yeah. and like i totally identify with that attitude i think you can be like very aware that this is a chaotic world but also very optimistic about your art yeah, yeah. and i think that's important and it for him it's always been about the art i mean they discovered uh matt stone and trey parker yeah, yeah. you know they or could cannibal the music they couldn't get their movies sold to anybody yeah. um james gunn uh worked underneath trauma yeah. and uh, you know uh, lloyd was the mentor of james yeah, gunn, yeah. and now james gunn is doing guardians yeah. of the galaxy like well. so like they've always like fostered like talent and the staffers were amazing like <laughs> They look like they were from like a Toxic Avenger movie. <laughs> like, everyone was so like I'm like if you're working here, you got to be like on the fringe, yeah, like, yeah. for sure. But yeah. I loved it; it was and, awesome. And
0: anybody that's like again, if you're interested in filmmaking, which I don't know if you're listening to this and you're not interested, I don't know why you would listen. Why to would this. you like, listen? Yeah, to... exactly. What the fuck are you listening? Get off. Yeah, if you're not li- but, now, maybe they are now. now yeah, like, <laughs> there there are two things that you need, to, three things that you need to do. One, look at all the update videos of Zendog, yeah, and so you see the real deal and just know that. There's a bunch of footage they left out. But
1: if you're going to start with them, I recommend watching the production ones, which are on the road, because there's a lot. I mean, I started... Like
0: going from beginning to...
1: The very beginning, it's like... They're fascinating. We see the casting process. We see me freaking out. We see us buying the bus, painting the car, all these little elements. But the ones that were shot on the road, that was being produced by a documentary filmmaker uh-huh. you know and um so there is this added production value all the other ones are great in pre-production but they're me holding a gopro mm-hmm. they're they're done very well yeah, but i yeah. recommend to the audience like jump into the production ones and then eventually when you see the film you might want to go back and like watch them yeah again, yeah just yeah. to get a sense of what it's yeah. like to make i mean a movie. it's really
0: great it's it's I like, think it's
1: inspiring for people that want to make a yeah, film yeah for sure they can see like oh it's not this for me it was like it's always been about lifting the veil of mystery I think like um, you know God bless them some directors are kind of like oh you know they're mysterious about it not forthcoming with knowledge or there's just a sense of mystery with Hollywood and for me it was like let's expose everything let's just show that it is difficult and like at the end of the day it's on you and there's no right or wrong answer at all there's no right or wrong answer
0: and also if you want to see Zendog call your local film festival and request it yeah say I heard about
1: this movie called Zendog and you need to Programming, yeah, 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 but uh, hopefully yeah. everyone will be and able to see it. And usually,
0: I, you know, when people say support independent film, you get this image of of movies that kind of suck. Yeah, Zendog is not one of those movies.
1: Thank you, Dean. Z-
0: <laughs> Zendog is a true piece of art. Thanks, like man. it grows in the mind. I look forward to seeing it again. I look forward to seeing it on the big screen. Thank the you. other thing you have to do if you really want to make a movie, get that book, uh, make your own damn movie,
1: make your own damn, Movie. and
0: get a few trauma DVDs, watch their making trauma of
1: documentaries, yeah. and. Save the Cat's a pretty good book for screenwriting Save well. the Cat? I'd recommend I've that, have yeah. seen people read that, yeah. It's very formulaic, but it does show you that all stories do follow this arc. And, like, yeah. basically you need to show a character that wants change and then gets the change yeah, that they've yeah, been desiring. Yeah. It could be small or big, whatever. It and
0: is. without spoiling anything of Zendog, I like where it goes.
1: Yeah, at the end. Yeah. It
0: makes total emotional sense. Cool. It's per- I love that Yeah, I that do. Movie. I like the end, too, yeah, yeah. a lot. And what's funny is, I was going to ask you this before we go, um zendog is on letterboxd did you know that what do you mean you don't know what letterboxd is
1: yeah they got the mask
0: no no it's like um it's this social media thing for movies basically oh. and every time i watch a movie i log it in a journal so yeah. i don't forget and i log it in letterboxd oh, okay and then so then after i saw it it was I, already there
1: yeah what is it letterboxd what I'll show you after this thing. Is it like a review?
0: I mean, if you want to, you know...
1: It's just like registered. It's like IMDb?
0: It's kind of like that. Like, say like you and i we follow each other on yeah. letterbox say one day you see shakespeare in love right. and then you you log it yeah so then i see that you saw shakespeare in Love. Oh, and then cool. if you want you can review it okay it's a really great website i recommend that jesse get on it i recommend you get I'll on it, it. Yeah. It, it it's cool and then the other thing is it's good because it lets you keep track of all the movies that you watch That's because cool. it's easy to i've you been know. watching
1: a lot of movies i just saw this movie the italian film called the last kiss have you seen that 2001 with Zach um, Braff no 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 that was the remake I think oh really and this was amazing it reminded me of like Magnolia or something oh, it's yeah? about like four town couples and they're like in different stages of the relationship yeah one last question any over there at Raindance did you see anything that blew you away uh, what did I see? I saw a great documentary about the punk rock music scene called uh-huh. uh, A Fat Wreck, yeah. which was really cool. I think it did get distribution. I saw a great film called Sick of It All, which was done by a filmmaker in Silver Lake. We're now friends. We hang out. His name <laughs> is um, Brian Lefthouse McGuire. Uh-huh. He's made like I think six feature films Jeez. that have played at Raindance. He's very quick, like he's quick turnaround. But this film was really great. It was done like it was like black and white. It had like a film noir sense, yeah. and like it was just fun, like yeah. a fun movie. I really enjoyed that. I saw this really cool like stoner comedy which i believe is going to be opening up in america soon called am star uh, and uh it's like a fairy tale but around weed it's about uh, a guy who's like trying to find his dad and he go his dad like runs a weed shop in amsterdam but yeah. it was just fun what i really liked about rain dance what i my hats off to them was that every single film i saw was completely different they really commanded the whole full scope of independent cinema yeah i wasn't able to watch all 110 films <laughs> but i saw a ton yeah, and yeah. like i noticed that i never saw two things that were the same yeah oh, i saw this great um serbian film uh, that was shot in belgrade over the course of three years and um it was called incarnation mm-hmm. and it's about a guy who keeps dying and he keeps waking up on the same bench over and over and, oh, that's over, crazy. and over it was like memento meets like groundhog day yeah, like, yeah. it was weird it was really cool though nice. and he hit me up in the lobby he's like i'm a huge fan of alan yeah, watts yeah. we were listening to alan watts every day during production he's like i'm coming to zendog i can't wait so oh, that's crazy that was the greatest thing about a festival is meeting all the other directors and yeah. like, i'm coming to your film you're coming to my film and like yeah. a bunch of little kids yeah like going to each other's films and like just it was awesome yeah okay but the short films blew me away the most oh yeah that's my answer oh wow the short film section was like incredible like they was it had... a bunch
0: of like really young kids doing... not kids no but, they, you were, know, like... they
1: were like in their 20s but they like, there was just some really powerful pieces that I saw I mean the features were great but for me I was the most affected yeah. like by the shorts that's
0: crazy because now I mean nowadays like if I watch a short film they're really good do you remember when short films used to suck ass
1: yeah <laughs> you know yeah you gotta be careful with shorts you don't want to put too much energy or time yeah, into yeah, yeah. a short sometimes yeah. i hear about like it cost me 80 grand to make that short i'm like dude you could have made a feature yeah, for eighty grand. right like, that's a lot of money <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> rick Nos. in one sentence just tell that 12 year old kid go fucking do it go do your thing listen
1: 12 year old kid wherever you are uh it's okay to be afraid and not know where you might land up you know land yeah. but uh, don't ever put down your dream don't ever listen to your parent that might not support you if people don't support you in your dream that doesn't mean that you can't support yourself yeah always exactly. believe in you yeah like it, that's my advice it's believe true. in yourself yeah yeah, yeah. it's you true. have to be- and you have to truly believe in yourself yeah because when you finally believe in yourself magic happens and others will believe in you it as is well. true no yeah. one is ever going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself rick thank you so much love you you, man great time that was
0: fun so anyway thank you all for listening follow me on twitter at mr. Nasred follow me on instagram at mr. Nasred email me at NasredPodcast at gmail.com and visit me at nasred.com for all of your Nasred needs and please do like share and subscribe on iTunes and leave me a beautiful review
1: leave him a good review a beautiful beautiful review and mention
0: Rick and mention (laughs) the whole gang okay well goodbye friends bye bye